Isaiah tells us 700 years ago, before Jesus came, he says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. Lord, we acknowledge this morning that you have supreme authority over everything. Over everything. All is yours. Let every breath praise the Lord. And Father, this morning, as we look at your birth, Jesus, as we look at your birth this morning, We are humbled. We are humbled because we're in the presence of greatness. That all the government will be upon your shoulders. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So good to see so many friends and family here this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a little portion of scripture this morning, and then I'm going to dive straight into it. I want to say Christmas begins with Christ. Christmas begins with Christ. So let's read together from Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her birth. To, be, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him, for them in the inn. <clears throat> and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the, God, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Note that, for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger and suddenly and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let us, the shepherds say, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. 
And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Mary knew. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I'm sure that you've heard the idiom in, uh, in English that says, as weak as a baby. Who's heard that? If you've done schooling, have you never heard that? As, have you done, not, not, not done schooling? Maybe ask your money back. As weak as a baby, okay? If you've never heard it, you heard it here first, okay? From the pulpit. And it means that something or someone is weak, feeble, or vulnerable. But I don't think this morning that can be applied to the baby Jesus in the manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. Although he was weak as any other baby, humanly speaking, he was also the center of power as far as heaven was concerned. In the beginning, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1. You can put that up. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word, in verse 14 it says this, that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. So from the moment that He was born, God became man without ceasing to be God. Which means... The government can be upon his shoulders. Jesus was no weak baby. I want to focus on four things this morning of things that he drew by his power. The first thing is he drew Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. The second thing we're going to look at is he drew the angels from heaven. Thirdly, he drew the shepherds from the field. And lastly, he draws all men unto himself. So let's look at that quickly. Verse 1 to 7, we're not going to look at that scripture again. We're going to start with that Jesus drew his parents, Joseph and Mary, to Bethlehem. There was a decree of Caesar Augustus. Um, and this decree might get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. But I want to say... God's in charge, not Caesar Augustus. Even Caesar Augustus is used in this magnificent story of the birth of Jesus. God moves Joseph and Mary almost 130 kilometers from here to Plettenberg Bay almost, roughly, I would say. From Nazareth to Bethlehem, to fulfill his word. Might I add, God will move you to fulfill his word. I want to be part of that. I want to be part of fulfilling his word. I want to be part of what God, I want to be, I want to be where the master is. The Bible tells us that, that the, the, the slave is always where the master is. So in the middle of your storm, 
I want to say to you, in the middle of your storm, you want to be in the boat where Jesus is. Think about that. You see, this was part, this census was, or this decree was part of Rome's 14th year census. It was for military and tax purposes. Always for tax purposes. Where each Jewish male had to return to the city of his fathers. And we see that, Dave, uh, that, that Joseph goes to the city of David. And they need to record their names, their occupation, their property, and their family. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 says this. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Everything that happens now is according to the word of God. Everything is fulfilled in the word of God and through the word of God. Everything. Let it be. Now, in Genesis 3.15, I'm going to run through these quickly. You can pop up those, those scriptures Genesis 3.15 tells us, and in Hebrews 2.16 tells us that Jesus would be human. Okay. And Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 3 and Numbers 24 verse 17, you can come and get these verses from me afterwards, told us that he would be a Jew. Genesis 49 verse 10 tells us he will be from the tribe of Judah. 2 Samuel 7, pretty much that whole chapter, go read it at home, verse 1 to 17, tells us that he will be family of David. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 7 verse 14 that he will be born of a virgin. These are all prophetic words. Can you see these were all all Old Testament scriptures that I've quoted to you, pointing to Jesus. Micah 5 verse 2 tells us that he will be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, all this happened. All of this happened. And Caesar Augustus played an unknowing part why jeremiah 1 verse 12 tells us why then the lord said to me you have seen well for i am watching over my word to perform it this is why caesar augustus played a role and he didn't even know it by calling a decree to bring everybody to bethlehem just another thing that I want to mention to you. Who knows what the word Bethlehem means? Yes. Basket of bread. That's what it means. Bethlehem means or house of bread. And what an apt name for a place where the bread of life would be born. The next thing that Jesus did is he drew the angels from heaven, verse 8 to 14 in Luke 2. And how amazing for the angels it must have been to see the creator of heaven and earth born as a baby boy. Have you ever thought of that? 
They've only known Jesus in heaven and worshipped him from eternity. For eternity, they will worship him. Now they're seeing him, the creator of everything. They're seeing him in a manger. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty became rich, or might become rich. Jesus humbled himself. This is what they see. The creator of the universe. The one that was prophesied in Isaiah. That says he's the prince of peace. The government will be upon his shoulders. They heard all these prophecies. And now they're seeing him. And this draws them. 1 Timothy 3.16. Great indeed we confess. is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Story of Jesus. You see, first one angel appears. And he gives glad tidings. Then all of a sudden, a whole host of angels appeared and gave an anthem of praise. For the first time, friends, hear me out now. For the first time in centuries, for the first time in actual fact, in 400 years, the glory of God comes to earth. When we look at the last book of the Old Testament, the voice of God stopped. There was no glory on earth for 400 years. This is heralding the glory of God is on earth. So when they sing, pardon me, I just bumped there. Glory to God. They actually announcing the glory of God has returned to earth. It's not like it's departed. But you understand what I mean. For 400 years, it returned. Glory to God in the highest. And what do they say? What do, what do these angels say? They say, we bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The good news, the gospel of Jesus is for everyone. Not just for the Jews. It's for everyone. And what is the good news? What was the good news? Jesus didn't come as a mighty warrior. Jesus didn't come as a soldier. Jesus didn't come as a reformer. He didn't come as a judge. But he came as a savior to meet man's greatest need. What is our need? That we are sinners. We're born into sin. And he was to set us free and deliver us from sin. Romans 10 verse 13. For everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The third thing, Jesus drew the shepherds from the field. And we see that in Luke chapter 2 verse 15 to 20. You might ask, why shepherds? I asked that question when I prepared for this 
Why not the Magi? Why not the wise men? By the way, we don't know if there were three wise men. Just by the way. They gave three gifts. That's all. Everybody is like theology. They're like, oh, I have to adjust now on that one. Let us. This is what these shepherds are saying. Let us go to Bethlehem. Suggest that they were a very far distance away from Bethlehem. They were in the fields. They were looking after all their sheep at night. Shepherds. Those that lead people, God's people, you're going to work at night. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Preach it. Who said that? <laughs> but they were prepared to travel. They were prepared to move in order to see this thing. This is what the Bible tells us. To see this thing that has happened, the birth of Jesus Christ. This is the first Christmas rush. We were in the mall yesterday. This is the original. This is the OG Christmas rush. Why? Because it says that they moved quickly. They went with haste. It's in your Bibles. This is a Christmas rush, guys. Not like the one that we saw or seeing. They went with haste. And what did they do? They found. Some of us might need to make haste to find him. Today is a day of salvation. To us, the son is born and he will be a savior. They found, and it actually should read, and found after a search. They didn't, I'm sure they didn't have GPS in those days. Like, Joseph sent me a pin location. <laughs> they needed wise men then, eh? <laughs> they got a pin location. Think about these things. I'm sure you're going to read Luke chapter 2 in a whole different light again. I want to ask you, are you still searching for him? They heard, they heard the message, the good news from the angels. They found, and then the Bible said this, and when they saw in verse 17... Then they worshipped him. When you see him, when you see him, this is no weak baby lying in a manger, my friends. When you see him, you worship him. What you behold is what you become. So be careful of what you behold. Behold the king. When you see him, you worship him. This 
is a great example for each one of us to follow today. This, my friends, is actual faith in action. They needed to see. Faith comes by hearing the word. They heard the word from the angels. They searched and they found. If you search, you will find. And then you'll worship. You see, what we do now, each one of us today, we take the place of the angels. We find him and we worship him. May we renew, be renewed, men and women, each one of us. Even when we return to our humble duties next year. They worshiped them and they went back to the fields. Don't stop. Don't just worship him on the 25th of December. Worship him on the 3rd of January as well. Back at work. Back when you're in the fields. Worship him. Why did, this, why did the shepherds meet him? Why not priests and scribes and, you know, pastors and apostles and evangelists? Why didn't they? See, the shepherds were outcasts. By visiting them, the angels revealed the grace of God to all mankind. Their work not only made them ceremonially unclean, but they weren't even allowed in the temple. None of them. God does not call the rich and the mighty. He calls the poor and outcast and the lowly. If you think you don't need him, you make a mistake. We all are poor and lowly. Each one of us, the Bible tells us very clearly, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Each one of us. Another thing is why shepherds first? Well, Jesus is the good shepherd, but he's also the lamb of God. Maybe these shepherds actually caring for the flocks would, would actually provide the sacrifices that was going to happen at the temple. Have you ever thought of that? Why, why are they there? Why are they so close by? The sacrifices had to come for the temple time. Had to come from somewhere. So it's fitting that the good news about God's shepherd and the lamb be first given to humble shepherds. Lastly, shepherds aren't easily fooled. They were practical men. Not men caught up in fantasy. So if they said they saw angels, then you could believe them. I mean, imagine you're a shepherd in the field. And all of a sudden, angels appear to you. And you run for 130 Ks or wherever you were and go find a manger and tell everybody, listen, we saw angels in the field. They would say, maybe slow down on the eggnog. 
whatever that is. <laughs> Mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, most likely. God selected, listen to this, God selected honorable, hard-working men to be the first witnesses that his son had come to this world. Lastly, and I'm ending with this. John chapter 12, verse 32 tells us this. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That first part, many theologians will tell you this was probably the manner. In actual fact, the following verse is, he is actually saying the manner. The manner that he would be crucified. He would be lifted up. The crucifix is in the background. It's always there. It's always looming. The swaddling cloths that Jesus was wrapped in. It's the same word for the cloths that was used when he was buried. So even in the manger, Jesus is pointing to his death. Even in the manger. He says that he will draw all men unto himself. Like we saw in Luke chapter 2 verse 10, it says this. Just want to find it. And then the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This gospel, this good news is for every single person here this morning. Verse 11 continues in Luke 2, it says, for unto us, unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior. John 1 verse 16 to 17. If we can read that quickly. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Unmerited favor. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through the birth of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Christ on the cross will draw all men to himself through grace upon grace. Two more verses, Romans 5, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we have been justified, just as if we've never sinned, by faith, faith not in yourself, faith in the completed work of Jesus, faith in what he has done on the cross for each one of us. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, that grace upon grace that we just read about, about. Into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Faith is now, faith is immediate, but hope is a confident expectation of better things to come. A hope that gives me an anchor for my soul every single day in the midst of my troubles. Lastly, Romans 5 verse 8. But God, but God. 
shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. Remember I said we were born into this world as sinners. Christ died for us. This, my friends, is the story of Christmas. Just close your eyes quickly. It was once said, where the Lord Jesus is, there is a drawing power. Wherever the Lord Jesus is, there is a drawing power. And even this morning, I believe in my heart that he is present with us through the Holy Spirit. And he is here to draw men and women unto himself. If he could draw his parents as a baby before he was even born to Bethlehem, that the word might be fulfilled. If he could draw angels from heaven, if he could draw shepherds from the field, then surely he can draw all men unto himself.